Hallelujah, God. Father, we give it all to you. God, it is all you. Father, we just thank you for your love. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your presence. God, we thank you that we're invited into your house today, Lord God, to worship and exalt you, to let you know you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Nothing else matters but us to lift our voice and worship you, Lord God. Father, everything that's trying to pull us down is pushed to the side because your name is lifted up in this place today. God, we're expecting a new um, immersion of your love with your presence in our lives, Lord God. God, we've not just come here because we've got nowhere else to go, but God, we've come into your house, Lord God, and we lay everything down and worship you. Why don't you just close your eyes and if you pray in the Spirit or sing in the Spirit, why don't you just do that now and just... Shia Shema mama makia roboko bata Rabakia roboko sator babasiata Shia roboko satata Na roboko shia robakia tata robokota Hallelujah Father you know I see in my spirit like an explosion coming in the house and I see it like it just an explosion that there's going to be you know when you see I, uh, I don't know if you watch on TV, you see when a missile lands, is there's all this debris that flies everywhere and sometimes catches fires everywhere else. And I, I see that there is an explosion in the house coming that it's just not going to be in this particular block, but it's going to be an explosion that's going to start fires in different places. You know, maybe you've said, you said, yeah, we've heard that all before, but I see an explosion coming. I see an explosion coming. And I don't see it just as a same oh same I see it as a new thing. Matter of fact, while I was sitting there, I know that everyone came to see Midnight Oil, but it's time that people come to see Jesus in Broome. And there's a traffic jam, if ever there is a traffic jam in Broome, because they come to see Jesus. Hallelujah. God is good. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you very much. We may be seated and I'll uh, get this up in my technology. Just, I just want to say thank you very much, uh, Pastor Peter, for inviting me and Mandy. I'm very, very, very honoured. And we're very humbled and very honoured. And, you know, I spent a few days with you. This is the first time I've been in Broome. Uh, first time I've ever had a mud crab. And yes, I most probably thought that I would see crocodiles going up and down the streets. I don't know. I'm from the city, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I didn't go for a swim, but I was I was thinking about it. But I'm, we're very humbled and very privileged to be here and to be in Broome. And what a great place to be. You're all suntanned and, like, it's just a relaxing place. And... Uh, so we feel very privileged to be here and flying in here. But, you know, God spoke to me the day after Pastor Peter sent me the um, uh, air tickets. And I woke up the next morning and uh, woke up and God said to me, God's love. And I went, come on, give me something else, you know. <laughs> and, 
And I said, mate, everybody knows about that. And he says, yeah, they know about it, but it's time to remind them about it. That God's love, God's love for Broome and God's love in this place. But um, just before I go, I just really, you know, Rory, when I was told that you were here, God spoke to me straight away. You know, I just feel hurt. But I, the, the scripture God gave me was uh, Philippians 4, 6 and 7 and 8 and 9. And Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but bring all your prayers and your petitions or your supplications before Christ. And in verse 7 is great. It says, And the peace of God that transcends all understanding. It means that it takes away your understanding and it puts the impossible, makes it possible. He takes away all the grief and anguish, transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. And then in verse um, 8, it says, uh, in, in a roundabout way, it says, don't think about the bad things, think about the good things, because that will kick out all the bad things. And then I feel like this is why you're here. It says, in verse 9, it says, whatever you see good in me, so he's, Paul's talking, if you, leaders, if you see something good in me, put it into practice, copy me, come alongside me. I believe you're here for a reason, that you're here with Pastor Peter and Rosemary, both of you, to find some stuff and start putting it back into practice. Because it's just not over. It's just beginning. And I really feel you have a, a humble heart. And it's actually, I feel like God's saying, it's not about being humility, not about humility, you're humble enough. It's about putting into practice what God's already put into your life. And uh, the best, and I know I come from Victory Life, and this is our biggest saying, the best is yet to come. And so it should be, because God is a best yet to come God. And I feel that for both ears. And you know, when you're playing the keyboard going into progression, mate, I just thought, God, let's not preach. Let's not preach. Let's just sit in that presence right there. And so there's a, you're here for a purpose, guys. And uh, sometimes God works in mysterious ways, and we all know that. But there's greater things coming. And Pastor Peter, I just when we're talking... And I really felt like God say, yes, yes, yes. And uh, those dreams that he's given you, yes, yes, yes. Even though, I've, even though yesterday morning I felt like, even though it will seem like it's a no, because the world will try and make it a no, but God said, yes, yes, yes. Uh, and I really believe that explosion is a part of that. And Rosemary, you are like, you know, landing here on the plane, I just thought, Rosemary... You are like the, the you're like a mother Mary. You're like you're like the mum. And it's before we even knew about your lasagnas. I had lasagna last night. That's a good lasagna. I'm I'm a chef from the past, and I'm a good lasagna. It actually beat the mud crab. I got to tell you that. But yeah, it was a great lasagna. But I just rose me. I just think you know, uh, you are definitely the rock. Um, and uh, you are definitely the rock, the foundation that helps Pastor Peter, that actually holds him in line and, I, <laughs> and actually brings him to a bit of more reality of what God's saying in both of your lives. And I don't mean that humbly, uh, disrespectfully or anything, but Rosemary, uh, thank God Pastor Peter married you. <laughs> and I can say that. Absolutely. I say that because I'm, thank God, I, I married, Mandy has left Children's Church, 
but she's still looking after a child. Okay? And I like that and everything. And uh, just a couple more. I don't want to take long, but the drummer, where is he? You know what? I just felt when I was watching you that there's a, there's a little bit of a lie that's been said to you that you have to follow, but actually you're a leader. And uh, I just see, um, I felt like, like when I was looking at you, uh, I thought God wants you to become the David that will throw the stone and knock down the giant with uh, young people in, in the city. Room. I don't know if you're here permanently or you're just passing through or anything, but you know, every time you've got here, there's something there. And uh, I just feel like you think you should back back away, but God's saying, no, that's not what he's given you. Uh, you've got a, you know, I, I, look, I feel like someone's tried to say you've got a quiet voice, but I actually see you roar like a lion, you know. Um, yeah, how old are you? 17. Mate, so am I. <laughs> I wish. I remember 17 was a very important part of my life. That helped me direct with God and everything. So, what was your name? Valentine. Valentine. I'll remember you, Valentine. So, yeah, and I, I don't want to go, we'll just see where God takes us. But, you know, I felt like God gave me a message. Uh, there is a great book that says, Cast Your Cares Upon the Lord, which is from Kenneth Hagin. Have you read that little green book? And see, one thing in that book, sorry, it, it just said he, he actually um, had a, uh, God told him to build a, a Bible college, a Bible school, and he had a debt of $250 million or something like that. And uh, he went to God and said, we're in debt, I'm going to lose, everyone's going to look at me and think, well, I've done it wrong. I said, but I'm going to go and tell them it was your fault, God. <laughs> and I looked at that and I thought, mate, what a relationship he had with God. And then at that particular time, he handed it all over to God. And then he, Kenneth Copeland realized he couldn't do anything about it. God had to do it. So God is your justifier. He is your restorer. You know, and so grab that book. It's called Cast Your Cares. It's only a little tiny book. Uh, I sometimes carry it around in my pocket because I need it. Uh, I need Philippians 4, 6, 7, 8, and 9 and the rest of the Bible, but I really get that. So yeah. Um, okay. Hallelujah. God is a good God. So anyway, I was lying down and, um, uh, and God said, uh, to love God is to love people and uh, to remind them what it's like. And so, uh, you know, what is it like? We, we pray this prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So what is it like when heaven invades earth? And so I, I just after I uh, got this word to love God, love people, I started... Um, I'm a bit of a YouTuber. I like just watching YouTube better than movies. And I ended up have, falling into these people that are, uh, this YouTuber where people have actually had a, an experience in heaven and coming down. And the one thing, you know, I don't, let me tell you, I don't believe everything I see on YouTube. <laughs> but there's one thing, 90% of them said, said when I actually went into heaven, there was a sense of love that immersed me. So much so that I didn't want to go back because I wanted to be around that love. And we say that prayer, as is in heaven, on earth, as in earth, as it is in heaven. And so what would it be like if heaven invaded earth? It would be such a presence of the love of God. Nothing else pulls you through 
but this love of God. When you understand that God loves you, there's a security on you. And not only that, when God loves you, there's a overflowing of love onto other people. That means when everyone will come along and say bad things about you or talking about you or someone's talking about you, there's just a smile on your life that actually outweighs the negativity that's been spoken into your life. And so I remember, if I can do a testimony, eight years ago, we went to Israel. I'm taking a few people to Israel, Jess and uh, Jenny, uh, not here, and Patricia, is it? I don't know who it was, and, and Elaine. Now, no, we're going to Israel in June. Um, it's my second time. If you want to go, go see Jess. <laughs> she said she'll pay. No worries. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Sayeth. <laughs> no. Um, I went to Israel and I, we, were, we were up there and I thought, mate, I'm, it's eight years ago, I thought there was transition coming in my life and there was. And I thought, when I hop off the plane, I'm going to be just whacked by God because I'm in Israel. So I hopped off the plane and went on the tarmac and I felt absolutely nothing. No presence or anything. So I thought, well, maybe God's in the airport. So I went into the airport and I still felt nothing. I heard God say to me, you know, why would you feel my presence stronger in Israel than you would in Perth? Because I'm the God of the universe. And I went, oh, fair enough. I'm going on a holidays. I'll be at the Dead Sea. Come and see me when you want to. And I went to DC and I had about a week and a half there. And then God turned up. And he said to me, he said, you know, Michael, nothing's wrong with our marriage. But he said, you know, if you don't, uh, you, you, in 10 years time, you'll wake up and go, Where's my mar- what's happened to my marriage? He says, it's your choice to fall in love with Mandy every day. And I went, that's not what I came here for, God. <laughs> you know. Anyway, I went, wow. And then it actually took me two days to actually process the whole thing and then choose to fall in love again. And from this day every day, I choose to fall in love every day. And so it's actually not hard for me to do that anymore. That I, but I am still choosing to fall in love with her every day. Likewise with God, it's, and, and from that, I actually get so much pleasure and enjoyment from what Mandy says. You know, I know this, but she tells me every day, you're a good looking bloke. And I go, <laughs> I know, no, but, you know, not so, but she always tells that to me. And even when I'm feeling down or something, she always lets me know how great I am. And so I'm getting to somewhere here. Um, and, you know, so every day I chose fall in love. Now it's very easy for me to be in love with her and in love with her, not just to love her, love her with the good things. And because sometimes I don't like what God does to me, you know, uh, just in that when we're talking about Kenneth Hagin, he's saying he didn't like that, he, you know, he put him in debt or whatever. I don't like it, but, you know, I, I understand that God has good things for me and a great purpose for me. But his love that I have for him outweighs any feelings of where I'm thinking, I don't know where you're taking me, but I'm going to trust you that you're going to take me someplace. So what does it look like when the kingdom of heaven invades earth? Some of us might say on a, it's a Sunday service. This is the house of God. This is the house of God. Every time someone turns up into, on a Sunday service in a church building, uh, Victory Life Perth, that's the house of God. It is not a building. It's the house of God. And some may come here and think, I need a bit of heaven, and this is your experience, what heaven is like on earth. But what does the rest of your days look like? 
the six days in the week. And, uh, you know, so heaven on earth should be a constant thing in your life every day. And I think when, when you understand that this love that would permeate your life on the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday of your life, it changes everybody else's life around you because they see something in you. When the kingdom comes to a city, it changes. When the kingdom comes to the city, there is one thing that it's, it's about people feel loved. I remember doing youth ministry. Uh, my very last youth camp that I did, uh, there was a, a move of God. It was like a whirlwind. It was like God saying thank you. It was like a book of Acts type of thing. And there was people that hated each other so much in the youth group. Yeah, I just didn't understand. But at this particular time, they were coming up to me and saying, I just love this person. I just love that person. You know, God's presence and his anointing pushes away anything of hate in life. So we need to be um, receivers of God's love. And when heaven invades earth, it's actually like God's love is... Hey, God's love explodes into the city. And Broom, this is the one title God gave me. He says, who will win Broom? Who's going to win Broom? Is Broom going to be known for its pearls? Or would Broom be known about the city of revival? You know, is Broom going to be known that the uh, midnight oil came? Or Broom's going to know that... It was uh, Broom Victory Life Church put on a brought all the churches and all the Christians together, and people come up here for an annual revival meeting. That's possible. When I was a young person, the one thing I actually disliked in my life was Christians. My granddad was a pastor. My dad was involved many times, but I thought Christianity was most probably the one thing I wanted to move away from because I just felt like everyone told me everything bad that I was doing. They didn't didn't love me. They just told me how useless I was. And then one day God arrested me uh, so much and that was because my my nana was praying for me. She loved God so much. She heard a word for her and she prayed every day for me. I went to a campsite uh, in Araluan and God rescued me. He actually brought me. I actually said, Jesus come into my life because I didn't want to go to hell. But the very next day, he immersed me in love and transformed me. And then I, I, that was the first time I ever felt like I don't have to dream anymore. God's going to dream for me. He's already planned everything out. I thought I had to do everything. But God was the one that did it for me. So with the love of God in the, in the city... In 2 Chronicles 7.14, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face, then I will hear their prayers and I will heal their lands. And when God told me about the heal land, he said, actually, it is our responsibility to look after the land. It's our responsibility to look after the people of the land. It's your responsibility to look after the people of Broome. That's what God, God is our source, but it's our responsibility to be active in that. It's our responsibility to bring love to that. To the people, and you know, and then when it, when he gave me another scripture, you know, it's better obedience is greater than sacrifice. And it reminded me when I was a little kid again that my dad and my mum had certain things that I had to do, and sometimes sacrifice, and I didn't want to do it. But there was obedience because I knew there was a good result from it. 
And so when I was obedient in particular things where I was going to get, it wasn't hard at all because I knew there was a great result. And so God is telling us that we now need to be obedient with the things that he's given us to actually love upon the people because the Bible says that we first should love Christ and love others just as we love ourselves. That's a, 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 a commissioning that's been put on your life is to love people, to love God and to love people as you would love love yourself. That is what God has asked for you to do. In 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 First uh, Samuel fifteen twenty two, it says that sacri- obedience is greater than sacrifice. To be obedient in the things of God, and God has asked us to be lovers of people, lovers of God. First, seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. To love God the greatest, to look after it, to love Him, to see Him as the one that is all your source and realities. Mark twelve twenty eight. It says, then one of the scribes came and having heard him, the reasoning together, perceiving he has the answer, Jesus answered him. They said, which is the first command of all? And Jesus answered him. And the first commandments here, Israel, O Lord God, the Lord is one and you shall love the Lord with all your heart, soul and your mind and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other greater commandment. There is no other commandment greater than these. You know, God's first plan is for you to love Him and to love others. When you are in uh, uh, when you are in God's love, then it's easy to love others. At one time in my life, I got a few testimonies because it really spoke to me. I remember looking at someone and I said, "God, man, surely you can't love that person." And he came back, he says, I don't love him any less than you. He didn't say he don't love him as much. He said, I don't love him any less. Which was saying to me, he loves everybody who they are, just as they are. And sometimes we feel like we're not going through because we don't feel that love of God. But God's saying, you know, he loves you. Learn to love him more and you'll see that love just manifest into your life. What does it look like when the kingdom of heaven invades earth you know when we see it sometimes that we once we have accepted christ then the plan goal is to become in one of the fivefold ministries an office sometimes we feel the only way that we can be effective in our society is to have an office of fivefold the pastor prophet teacher and evangelist i gotta be honest uh, often people come and say which one do you think you are it, it really doesn't concern me that much but i want to love god and I want to love people. I want to represent who God is to the people. And, you know, I want to love God. I really feel like God's saying, you know, a brim, victory life, it's time to step up that love of God. Do you have a dream to see? Not, not just a successful church, but people one to the kingdom. You know, do you have a dream to actually see God, to sit back and have this, my gosh, it had to be God. That Pastor Peter hadn't manufactured it to put it into place, but it was a God-inspired... You know, in the book of Acts chapter 2, they couldn't deny it was God because it never happened like that ever before. And it's time for something to not happen like ever before. And why not in Broome? Because there is a... There is a uh, um, uh, in Melbourne right now, 
there's a, a revival happening because a church got together over COVID and they didn't think about COVID, they just thought about God and prayed. So there's a revival happening out in Melbourne where people are lining up to come into church. And that could happen here in Broome. Why shouldn't it happen here in Broome? And it will happen here in Broome. It does it have a handful of people or a large crowd of people? Am I doing okay, Manny? No, thank you. She's my... Yeah. Um, Jesus doesn't love you and says, come on, time to say it. Jesus loves you no matter who you are, where you are. As a young guy, having uh, girlfriends when I was a young guy, and they used to say to me, I love you. And then they'd say, and you? And I'd go, I can't get that. (laughs) Mandy was the first person and the only girl that I've actually said, except for my daughter. Um, I said, I love you. And Jesus said, you know, he loves you no matter who you are, right where you are. No matter what struggles you are, no matter the secrets that you know that no one else knows, he loves you. He loves the worst of the worst and the, the best of the best. He loves you from the beginning to the end. It's God's love that will overflow and immerse you. And I've got to tell you, I just feel like because there's a call on this place to represent who God is. Not a call on this place just to turn up on a Sunday or a Saturday or, or whenever you've got an event or to turn up to a prayer meeting. It's, it's a bigger call and, and commissioning on your life. Each one of you. That's why really, and you, these guys are here for a great purpose. I just really sense that there's going to be a breaking off of some things that have tried to cocoon you and it's going to be a, re, a, a realization that you know actually I think you were cocooned before and God's bringing you out I'm not trying to be romantic or anything like that but it's going to be like a, a butterfly and it, you know when you see a butterfly come out of a cocoon and I'm not like this type of guy but when you see a butterfly coming out of a cocoon everyone sees it and they all go wow how did that happen? And so that's what I think is going to happen here. And if I've come here just to say that to you both, I'm glad. You know, if I never come up here again and have a mud crab or see crocodiles going down the streets, whatever, I'm just glad that that's what it is. Because there's greater things coming. You're not too old and you have, it's not time to hang up your boots. I, I would like to pray for you later if that's okay. Hallelujah. Just to let you know, I met, I met Rory about uh, nearly 20 years ago. Uh, we both married a particular couple. We, I didn't know he was here until I got here, so, you know, um, we go back a little bit. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He didn't say, I'm going to give now, I want back. He said, he gave his only son. If you're the only person here, you're the worst person in the world and you're still the only person here, well, you would be if you're the only person here, you know, God loves you. He loves you. And, you know, we have to get it through us that God loves us. And when we are immersed in that understanding that God loves us, we are able to love people at a greater level. And I've got to tell you, that's the, one of the greatest things and a very important thing in your Christian walk is to love people. That's why the Bible said that, to love him first and to love others like you love yourself. So if you treat people in a certain way, that's how you would like to be treated. And I know that's not the case. 
And I know we actually sometimes fall short, but God says, step up, shake yourself off and get back to it because God loves you more than you've... Every day, God loves you at a different level. One of my greatest stories in the Bible is about Paul and Silas when they were in the prison and we know the story, they were whipped, they were tortured and all this sort of stuff. And there was, this is an uh, Acts, just follow Acts 16, 25 to 34. It says, about midnight they were praying and singing hymns to God. They'd just been beaten. You know, Paul was like whipped and they decided to turn it all around in Philippians 4, 6 and not live in a circumstance but change the atmosphere of that circumstance. And they started worshipping and praising. See, the thing is, Paul knew he was loved by God. And other prisoners was listening to him. Then suddenly a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And Broome needs a violent earthquake that the prisons of Broome are shaken. Paul knew he was loved by God. So he actually turned all his... Uh, feeling like nothing was going to happen, into praises and worshipping God. Not while he was in the synagogue, but when he was in the prison. Not when he was in the church building, but when he was at home, driving in the car, at work, the boss is telling you off. He decided to turn it all around to praise and to worship, singing hymns. And i got to tell you, one of the songs that we sang, sometimes it's good hearing some of the old songs because the words are so good. You know, sometimes we feel like we have to keep going with with keeping up with the times, but the the word is good. I won't go into that. Okay. Um, uh, the other prisoners, suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations, the prisons were shaken. Once the prison doors, at once the prison doors flew open, everyone's chains come loose. <sighs> wow. They just knew God loved them and they wanted to love him back. The prison doors and the chains were broken. And I don't know, in society we see a lot of chains that people are changed up. Valentine, right? There are a lot of young people who got chains. But if you just love them, you just don't, be, don't think you're humble, just do it. Let someone tell you off and laugh at them. That's okay. I was a youth pastor for 25 years. That's the model I kept. I'm just going to do it and I'll apologise later on. And I want to, because I just wanted young people to see, have the opportunity to see their future is great. Okay. The jailer woke up. He saw the prison doors open. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself. He thought, now, if you were Paul and the jailer woke up, and was about to kill himself after everything he's done for me, to you, whipped you and persecuted, and he was about to kill himself, uh, he'd go, come on you, mate, see you later. <laughs> but because Paul knew God's love, it didn't matter what he did. He actually said, no, 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 no. There's a better tomorrow for you. I love you. And if I was the jailer, I'd go, what? And that would immediately transform some mindset in him. But sure, Paul shouted out, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for the lights, rushed, fell trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought him out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? So love conquers all. So the love, see, 
God's perfect love casts out all fear. The prison guard had fear in his life, wanted to kill himself because he wasn't prepared for him and his family, what they were going to go through. But Paul's love that he had of God cast out all that fear. And the first thing he said, what do I need to do to be saved? And then Paul replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved and your household. Then he spoke the word of the Lord to him and to others in his house. And that hour, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. The jailer washed the wounds that he had caused. He whipped Paul, but he mended the wounds. In violence before, with no love, and then love came upon him and he washed the wounds. And not only that, Paul let him do it. Because he had such a great love for him. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure Paul was human and thinking, oh, but there was such a love that outdid everything. In the Bible, we know a story of, and, I'm, and Daniel, Daniel is a prophet. He actually uh, never affected government, uh, but he affected kings' lives. So Daniel was um, a 15-year-old boy. King Nebuchadnezzar went and sacked Israel, and, uh, and King Nebuchadnezzar most probably killed uh, Daniel's parents as well. And then Daniel, uh, let me get it up because then I'll make sure I would get it right, okay? One day, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. Uh, so he destroyed Israel. He tore down the sacred temple, did everything that uh, David believed in, carried all the Israelites into captivity. They came prisoners in the camps. Um, this is King Dave, uh, the king that Daniel served. Uh, Daniel was exiled and taken as young men. At age 15, his parents were probably killed. He was taken into captivity and forced to serve Nebuchadnezzar. So he had every reason to hate Nebuchadnezzar. But Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And and in short, Daniel says, I hope this dream isn't about you. And it says that Daniel loved Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar turned his uh, nation's belief around to serve the God of God. Now, Nebuchadnezzar, I don't know if Nebuchadnezzar actually was a follower of God, but he actually had, uh, he loved Daniel because Daniel loved him and it changed the, the nation. Throughout it all, Dan, Daniel was actually, uh, had, there was four kings he served, but the very last king was a king, Darius, that sent him into the lion's den and uh, was tricked into it, but Daniel never had hate for him. Matter of fact, when Darius came out the next morning, um, uh, uh, sorry. After seventh year, Daniel opened the window of Jerusalem, prayed three times. Oop, wrong, wrong thing. Anyway, D- Darius actually ran out, and and the first things that came out of Daniel's mouth while he was in the lion's den, he said, "Oh, my king, may you live forever," because he had such a love for this guy. And then Darius and correct my uh correctly but he actually put all his money he didn't wasn't a believer of god but because of daniel's love for him and he had the god's love in him he actually financed the new temple uh yeah was that the new temple or he he put in like i think it was uh equivalent to about 70 billion dollars yeah, equivalent to that. So I'm just looking at Pastor Peter because he's Bible College print, uh, Dean. So, you know, I got to. He said, yes. Okay, let's just go with it, okay? But because of his love, he changed the nation. He changed the nation. Because of. And I'm, mine is a very simple message. 
uh, you know, I went through and said, God, can I talk about, uh, you know, faith and what we're all about and, you, you know, the power of your words, which is so important. Uh, the power of your words are so important. Let me get that. The power of your words is so important. We had a, a 90-year-old guy, 89 years of age, that fell down a set of stairs called Pastor Prime Waiting that Pastor Peter knows very well. Smashed his head on the ground coming down the stairs. Um, in, in anybody at 90 years of age, okay, he is stronger today than he was when he fell down the stairs. Now, I was in hospital this time, but he, he always talks about the goodness of God. He speaks it out. I know my, the people that actually have the same situation. Why haven't they changed? It's because they, they may read the word, but you need to speak the word out. It's powerful when you speak the word out. God just didn't read, um, you know, creation. of the, He spoke it out. He spoke out, let there be light. He didn't just write it in a book and go, he spoke it out. So it's very important to pay words. But this is just a simple message, but is the message to love one another just as God loves you, to actually be people that are lovers of, of others, a lover of God, and it will change every circumstance in your life. When you feel that presence of God, that love of God on your life, nothing else matters. No one can take that away from you. And God wants to continue. So in, when you come into his house, he wants to immerse you with his love. So you walk out of this place more powerful than you walked in. You may have walked with the world on your shoulder, but when you walk out of here, you walk with Jesus in your heart. And then when people are all around the city of Broome, they'll see Jesus on your life. And it's not that difficult. Because be anxious for nothing. Sorry, I'm sorry. Be anxious for nothing, but bring everything to God. And the peace of God that will guard your heart and your mind. He'll turn everything around. He'll guard your head. This is, this is our biggest battlefield. Because it's our biggest area where we could doubt. But the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. And I just feel like God is saying, uh, Broom Victory Life, give it a go. Do you believe this is the best place that you could be? Or is there something more? People from Esperance. Mate, that was a weather change, eh? Esperance to Broome. Is this the best or is there better to come? Is the best yet to come? Give it a go. When I had to, when, when God told me about my wife, it was a choice that I made. Okay. It's not that I wasn't in love with her, but I choose to go to a next level of love in her life. And give it a go. And then you'll see this smile that will come from the inside out. And people say, there's something different. And you'll go, oh, is there? You'll know what it is. And, they, and the people will say, have you ever seen somebody that is always happy and always joyful? And you say, oh, I wish I could have that in my life. That's what people are going to say to you. And then it's going to open up a door and say, well, my joy is spelled J-E-S-U-S. It's Jesus in my life. My, my success is J-E-S-U-S. It's Jesus in my life. And they're going to say, that's what I want. Because one day in your life, that's exactly what you said. I want this better than what I've got. But the commissioning that's been put on your life is to represent Jesus in all his glory and all his purpose. That's a commission. It's a thing that we say, yes, I'll be obedience to. It's not a sacrifice. It's obedience. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. There is a great result from this obedience in your life, in your family's life, in your children's life. 
When I actually realized to love God more and I handed my children to God in that time and uh, there was one particular time my son nearly died six years ago and I was trying to tell God, who are you, mate? You know, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. And he goes, mm. and I felt him just go, mm. and then I said, I know you love him. It's all yours. This is hard for me to do. And that very next day, his, his temperature uh, broke and he, 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 he actually got a rugby industry, in, in, injury. Um, he was in the hospital in Thailand because of it. And then uh, two years later, he had a contract playing rugby in uh, the UK. But I was getting in the way. And I needed to give it all to God. And I, and I did that because God gave me the responsibility of looking at my son, just as he's given you the responsibility to look after Broom. His child, Broom. And so who will win Broom? Well, I'm looking at him. But the only way is, have love. Don't have an organisation. Have the love of God. Hallelujah. Can I get the musos back, please? Hallelujah. And so, uh, hey, I felt there there a few things about people to get prayed for. I know there's some, you know, someone... People that are here may be unwell, but I felt like there was someone that had a fear of the cough that they had. And uh, it, it gets them too much time and they have a fear of a cough. Someone had a sore uh, right back shoulder. Um, that's about all I... Oh, was that you? Okay. <laughs> I just saw that. Uh, right back shoulder, yeah, and the back. But I, the real thing is that someone has this fear. Whenever they cough, they have a fear that something's wrong. And um, I want to pray for you to get that fear out of you because that's that's the devil, not you. Uh, These guys can go for it as you want. And if you want prayer and if you want to say, God, let me just step into this immersion and allow this love to go to another level. God, let me let me understand because I had to understand what it is to be loved by you because I want to love people. I want to love people at that time. And I tell you what, I'm learning more and more how to love people at a different level. But, uh, you know, the thing that stopped me from loving people is I didn't think God loved me. Because Christians told me he didn't really when I was a little guy. They told me, oh, you're definitely working for the devil. And it's stuck in my head. But if you're here and you want to say, I want to know what it is to go to that next level that God would love me. I want to pray with you uh, as well. So why don't we just stand... If you want prayer, please come down and I'd love to pray for you. And uh, Mandy and Pastor Peter and your team. And uh, if, if I'm there and that you're the ones that actually uh, cough or the sore on the back shoulder, I'd love to pray for you as well. Why don't you just come down now? Hallelujah. Don't be shy. God, the best is yet to come in their life. Lord, every footstep that they take, God, I thank you that they will think like you, see like you, they would speak like you. Everything, Lord God, they put their hands to, they know that you've put your hands, that they know that you've put their hands to it, Lord God. Every footstep they take, they know you're taking that step. God, they'd have a heartbeat like you and they would love people like you love people. Hallelujah, God.